patch notes, 1.3 speculation, and some Q&A from the community. All on Star Wars Off the Record. Next. Quest Network is proud to present Star Wars Off the Record. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another great episode of Star Wars Off the Record. And welcome to our new record date, which is Monday. Monday evening. Today's record date is Monday, May 14th. And as always, I am joined by the one and only lore master himself, Louis Olan. Hello, Yvarwin. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, chat room. Glad everyone's here. Hope you're all ready for another exciting episode. We got a lot of store for you tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got some nice, robust notes and. Uh... <laughs> notes <laughs> and we're we are we are ready to to rock and roll but not before we announced the griefing man master himself fred woodley welcome bro and it is such a privilege to be on the third thing i've been able to record with lou oh and hi again <laughs> you bro. Oh, hello to you sir <laughs> rob will be in in a few minutes he's uh he's out taking care of a couple of things um so we'll He'll be jumping in a little bit, take care of his his uh, lore topic. Um, when you but- hear the flush, he'll be here about thirty seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that's not what's we going only, on. <laughs> we, we only hope that within that thirty seconds, he has time to actually wash the hands. But that's okay. But that's okay. A little purel. <laughs> All right, guys. As always, this this episode of Star Wars Off the Record is brought to you by Doghouse Systems. DoghouseSystems.com, the creators of some pretty awesome gaming computers and laptops. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. However, uh, Fred, let's uh, let's chat a little bit about your amazing and slightly obvious idea that you had earlier in the week. I love how you brought up the doghouse thing before I could just jump on that. You like that, right? <laughs> you like that? I don't mind you doing. You want to do it? You can go ahead and do it. Pre- preemptive thinking. <laughs> well, since, since you already said that, I'll do it later in the show. All right, but. Yeah, I had a great idea, well, according to Evarwin. I and liked it. I that, thought it was a good idea. Yeah. That was that all the hosts, that, well, as many as we could sync up for the same amount of time at the same time frame, would play together on a single server and level up some characters together. Yeah. And it's just a little casual thing to do on the side where we're only going to play these characters together and we're going to play them for about an hour a week together. So we're not going to be juggernauting through the levels, but it's going to be an opportunity for the host to actually play the game together. Yeah, it's it's a good opportunity for us. And, you know, no one's setting egg timers here, so, you know, it doesn't exactly have to be an hour. But, you know, we're going to we're going to have some good times on uh, Keller's Void, correct? We're on Keller's Void server? Yes. Okay. And the reason I picked that server is because it has both the healthy Republic and Empire 
faction, so yeah. either side you wanted to play on, there would have been people. Yeah, it seems to be one of the more uh, you know highly populated servers uh, out there in the game right now. So hopefully, uh, you know, when we get in there, and now we, Fred had asked me, what what do you want to what's you know what faction do you want to go with? And seeing as how I've been leveling up a Jedi this this whole time. I've been really interested in trying to level up. You know, when I had the chance, the uh, you know something on 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 the Empire side. So I, I always had an alt on my other on my other server, um, a uh, a Sith warrior. So I figured, you know what, this is a great opportunity for me to actually level up that Sith warrior. So I, I restarted that Sith warrior on on Keller's Void, and uh, Fred Fred had said, get him get him up to level ten. Put him on the fleet out there, and uh, we'll all meet up and and start start doing some flashpoints. And you wouldn't stop. Like we had somebody join into the group a little <laughs> bit later, so he's trying to like, catch up to us <laughs> in levels. And Yvorwin's out there like getting to level eleven, and he's like, "I want to get my spaceship." And I'm like, Yvorwin, <laughs> you don't get your ship to like sixteen, man." Now and he's like, "But I-, I want my ship. I want it now." <laughs> The thing that surprised me the most, though, was I always pictured if Yvorwin was playing Sith Warrior, he's going to go light side because that's the paladin in him or whatever he claims it is. But he is following to the dark side in real life because he's playing dark characters in all these (laughs) games he plays now. Pretty soon we're going to be calling him Cadus and not Yvorwin anymore. (laughs) I might be de- developing a dual personality, you know. One one time, uh, you know, one one particular episode of this show will be hosted by Cadus, and then the week after it'll be hosted by Yvarwin, and they'll they'll have their own uh, wars together. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've been I've been going totally, totally, totally dark side on on this character, just enjoying every every ounce of it too, and. Um, well, you're holding back now, Ivarwin, because remember, I asked you in-game, I said, so are you going light or dark on this guy? And he says something along the lines of, oh, I'm going all dark side. I love when I get to kill the children, because... <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> because I am more powerful than them. I love to kill children because they cannot fight me. That's that's not what I said. What I and said old was... People. <laughs> old people. I hate old people as well. <laughs> <laughs> Women and children, <laughs> and the elderly. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. What I said was, I'm going to be the the nastiest, the nastiest Sith warrior in the entire galaxy, and <laughs> and I'm I'm living there up to it. I'm taking every every, <laughs> every dark side option. I'm I'm taking, and it's it's because I want to. Initially, it was because I wanted to see, you know, what. I've been going, you know, completely light side with my Jedi, so I want to see the the dark side with with a Sith warrior. And at first, you know, I, I was thinking like, you know, I'm going to be making some choices here that that are not really going to sit well with me. And I have been, but I've been totally enjoying it. What do you mean they don't sit well with you? You're like, oh, little girl, oh, you die. <laughs> <laughs> And that's you in real life. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I have been enjoying it. I <laughs> like, like I said, you know, I was thinking like, all right, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to get Vet, and I know you can shock her, and this is going to be a little tough for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. After the first, I got the first three shocks under my belt, now I'm enjoying it. Now she's like, oh, could you take the shock collar off me? I'm like, no. And now you're going to get shocked. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I wish this was more like Dragon Age, and I could just talk to her and shock her whenever I feel like it. (laughs) Step back in line. (laughs) So, yeah, totally enjoying that, and um, I'm going to be tanking for the group. Now, now Fred, you're going to be the healer, correct? As that's the way it's looking right now. Yeah. Yes. I mean, all right. So we've already created. You created the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Your advanced class. And Fred, what, whatever AC did you choose? Well, I'm going to be going operative because I'm am an imperial agent, and I'm going heals. The way I arranged the group was I had everybody pick one of every base class. That way, we won't have any of the stories repeating as we're leveling up. Right. We, we can help each other without having to do instances twice. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. All right. Not bad. Now, we asked uh, Joe to join us as well. And I believe Joe's going to be going uh, DPS as well. And well, Rob. Tell it- the story right, though, Evarwin. <laughs> oh, Joe okay. was originally going to be the tank. And then Evarwin decided I could probably hurt more people if I'm the tank. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm not going to go DPS. I'm going to be the hulking guy in the heavy armor that force chokes people. Th- that's what he said to me, Lou. He's like, if Arwen was like level five, and he's like, when do I get force choke? I want to see somebody suffer. <laughs> now, that that didn't happen, but I will say I, I have been wondering when I'm going to get force choke. <laughs> Soon. Now that you bring it up. Now that you bring it up. <laughs> And let's see, uh, Rob, I believe, is, is going to be leveling up a bounty hunter. So, oh. Yeah. So that's... Mercenary. I'm sorry? Rob, Rob has been playing a bounty hunter on the side, but his main focus that he's trying to level up right now is he's going with a Jedi Consular Sage. He wants to yeah. go through the telekinesis tree. Is that what he's going to do? Yes, because honestly, like I haven't even I haven't even spoken to him about it. Well, this isn't the character that he's going to play with us when he can. He, he is doing uh, a bounty hunter for that. Mm-hmm. But the character that he's focusing on mainly to level up as his main focus right now is a Jedi Consular Sage, because he said that he has done primarily sword and board characters in his gaming, and he wants to try something more caster like. Ah, so he wants to throw the little pebbles. Throw the pebbles. The pebbles. I have a a consular. I was I was leveling up way back when the game first came out, and uh, when we decided to do the show, um, I I picked you know my my tank to be my main, and then I've been trying to you know stay focused with that. Um, I missed my consular as a result of that because she was just she's just so cool. You know I I love her to death, and um, you know being able to. You know, using some of those force powers and, you know, picking up the, the boulder and the pebbles and all that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds yeah. stupid, but it really is a lot of fun. <laughs> I really love that whole thing. Um, Lou, what have, you, what have you been doing in game, man? What's going on with you lately? Well, I was on my operative a little while ago. Um, for those of you who may not have those who haven't played an operative, there have been some class changes that came <laughs> the past couple of patches. 
And now, uh, Lou, are you heals or DPS on your operative? Heals. I was heals when I first created this character. She was my main from the get go. Hmm. Um, but then once they started swinging the uh, the nerf bat, um, playing that class for me personally, uh, it, it would just I could do it. I could heal, not a problem. But you could tell there's a market difference if there was a uh, sorcerer in the group healing as well. Um, they could do it much more efficiently and faster than I could. Hmm. Okay. You know, plus, the sorcerer has more. They have more more tools in their bag uh, to fit a lot different a lot of different situations. Now, the only one thing I will say is that at least my one of my heals, a spot heal, I can do it on the move. I can do it on the fly. That's not a problem. So. Do you do you think now? I know you you go through the forums a lot. Do you think this is a move by by uh, Bioware to make that class kind of like a support healer? Well, what frustrates me the most um, is that George Zoller himself said that there's nothing wrong with the class. Okay, the reason uh, why they made changes to it uh, was because they 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 weren't quote unquote where this where they were supposed to be. Um, and so far he really hasn't acknowledged as to why it's so difficult for an Imperial agent operative to regen energy, which is what they use for their healing power and abilities, okay? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, okay, uh, the energy pool for an agent at most gets, I try to remember now, like one, 110, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, my sorcerer at level 35, her force pool is 600, okay? Hmm. <laughs> so. Okay. Let's see the disparity here between how easy it is, easier it is for a sorcerer to heal, keep people alive, than it is for an operative. Okay, they were Plus, actually talking about taking a look at the different resource pools that the different healers have and trying to get them more in line with the other healers, because they did say that there was some disparity based on resource management, and they're going to be taking a look at that and seeing how they could get them more closely together. So this oh. is this is not. This is not a forced thing by Bioware. There's definitely something going on with this class that, that's really not intended, and they, they are trying to at least work on it. Right. Well, they what are. they're aiming okay. to do is they have different healer classes, and they want each one of them to feel different when you're playing it. So they're trying to make subtle changes that are big enough that when you're playing a sage healer, it feels different than when you're playing an operative healer. Yeah. And when you're playing... a bounty hunter healer it feels different than when you're playing an imperial agent healer right and i i think that's appropriate i mean don't yeah don't you think that's that's the right thing to do yes but the way that they designed the classes they have greatly different resources and they need to find their balancing point to make them have healing abilities that are on par with the other healers right okay no no I'm sorry, That's go ahead, Fred. something that they're going to work on doing, and I'm sure that there'll be another implementation coming out here soon. Yeah, hopefully in, you know, maybe patch 1.3 or maybe even sooner than that. Yeah, I'm hoping for really is that when people start actually recreating uh, the combat logs, the parse logs, and seeing, uh, putting the hard numbers out there mm-hmm. as to how... <laughs> how exactly the healers are performing in different sorts of instances, like a regular heroic, you know, or normal, hard, nightmare mode for a flashpoint in the operations. Uh, the player base will actually be able to sail by where, hey, look, um, we know you're swamped. Guess what? We did the work for you. 
here, Mrs. Oller, here's what an operative is doing healing. Yeah. This is what a sorcerer is doing healing. Um, if you want, here are our numbers. Here's our makeup. Here's our setup. You can prove us wrong, prove us right. Your choice, but now it's out there. Yeah. And for me, for, you know, I, I kind of think that's why they, they were maybe hesitant to release combat log. <laughs> probably. There's probably some uh, some threat numbers that they're they're not looking. Uh, they don't want you know released either. I've noticed my my uh, my Jedi Guardian. He uh, he tends to lose aggro a little too easily sometimes if some classes are in the mix. And you know I'm not I'm not level fifty yet. And uh, I don't have all the all the best gear yet, so I'm kind of hoping that that a lot of that is is because of that. But I mean, you know, no matter what level you are and what gear you're wearing, you shouldn't be losing. If you build your threat the right way and you use your skills in the right rotation, you shouldn't be losing threat. And True. I I do see that occurring from time to time. But then again, also you're also depending on the group dynamic to where you want your DPSers to be responsible DPSers and not. Um, be what I've seen too many times now the past few years that DPSers who just they literally go boss to the wall from the get go irregardless of whether or not the, the tank has generated threat and is holding threat you know all they see is a number that they want to beat they want to see their name pop up there as number one on the list saying oh yeah I top DPS well guess what the rest of us died thanks to you bleep off because yeah. you can't control your DPS yeah, then there, there's definitely guys out there that do that. They just, you know, they they just unload at the the completely inappropriate time, and you know that that happens a lot too. Right. That's because people like us, Lou, the people that used to play games like EverQuest that didn't have meters, we're used to the idea that if we're a DPS and we're getting our face beat in, we need to hold back the DPS a little bit and let the tank get aggro. Right. Well, but, I'm also one of those people who always said in the beginning, uh, you don't need a threat meter. If you're getting smacked by the mob, then you over DPS. You don't know what the bleep you're doing. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> I always thought that, but you know, there's some people out there that are like oh, I need a threat meter, and <laughs> you know, so I guess some people no. do. If you want to see if you're losing the threat and at, at what increments, I'll, I suppose. But yeah, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll put it out there right now. You know what, people? The devs beat the game without your so-called mods. If they can do it, regardless of the fact that they developed the game. If they can take characters and character classes and defeat every instance of that game without these mo- without these mods, either you're <laughs> you you need a crutch, <laughs> or you're not as good as you think you are. Well, you know, hold on, Lou. Let's uh, you know, let's 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 be careful with what we what we say here because I know you're not an elitist, but but someone might interpret that speech as being a little elitist. Oh, that's know, true. You know what I mean. It's not elitist. No, I'm the, saying the game is designed it. so you should be able to beat it without needing third-party things installed yeah. in your game. That's all I'm saying. You don't need it. You can do it. Whether or not you, you can, that's up to you. That's, yeah. that's your own skill. If you absolutely, if you're telling you absolutely need every mod out there to defeat a game, then maybe you should take a hard look at yourself. And say maybe I'm not as good as I think I am because I need A, B, C, D, and E. In order to beat the one thing, and yet I see another group of people who aren't running it, and holy crap, yeah. they just beat it. It shouldn't like be. That. It should be required to have a mod in order to figure out, you know, what's going on with the game in order to play it appropriately. So, I, I get well, what you're saying on that. Yeah, I mean, but I digress. But I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I just I just want to make sure that you know, because I know 
you know, I know you personally, and I know that you're not an elitist, but, you know, God forbid, you know, somebody out there, you know, might think that because we're not on this podcast at all. And, you know, we don't want to, you know, come off that way, but. Right. No. And I'll say, you know, I'll, I, again, will say it's not necessary. It's great. It's out there. I also support it, but I also support the fact that people who say they absolutely need it, it's not an absolute necessity. And I don't care if you have it or not, but don't tell people it's absolutely required or the game fails. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's an insane yeah. notion. And that's the people I'm addressing to right now with my statements. If you absolutely say the game needs it in order for it to succeed, then you're a fail. Yeah. <laughs> just just take a look at the older games that are still around, like EverQuest and Dark Age of Camelot. People are killing raid mobs, and they don't have add-ons. People have been doing it for years. Games don't need add-ons. Players right. have been impaired by the world of Warcraft being used to having those add-ons there. Well, and, you know, it's yeah. also a question of play style, too. I mean, uh, you know, some people just think their their quality of life in-game is better because of, of those add-ons. And then you get used to it, and it becomes a thing that, you know, you expect, you know, from one game to the next. And Right. But then, you know, if you can learn from playing the old games, too. Plenty this is of very all true. these mob, all these mobs, oh, yeah. all these games have audio and visual clues that they give off when things are about to happen. Mm. And if you can't read that, you can't pick up on that. If you can't see a red mob turn blue <laughs> or big white light flash out of their eyes when they're about to enrage, right? Then either you're blind or you're not oh, paying yeah. attention. It's stop reading yeah. chat. Stop texting. Stop flirting people during a raid. Pay attention. To what's going on? Yeah, it's definitely a question of you know, are you the kind of player that's paying attention during their raid or or not yeah or do you have in, ADD in that regard <laughs> during the raid <laughs> all right so, do you have an attention span of five seconds during a raid if not you need to get the hell out <laughs> fred what have you been doing a game this week man oh i've been doing a lot yeah. <laughs> like what why don't you tell us a little bit <laughs> i've been working on getting my jedi leveled up a little bit and i actually got rob onto the keller's void server mostly full-time now so I was going around with him and helping him find where he needed to go to level up in the Jedi area. Mm-hmm. And it, it was funny because R- Rob, he's sort of newer to the actual SWOTOR game, but he's a big-time Star Wars fan. Oh yeah. So when I went out and met him in the Jedi area for the first time, my Jedi is a Sith pureblood. He, Rob says to me, he goes, dude, what are you doing out here? They're going to kill you. He says, you're a Sith. You don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm a Jedi. He says, but you're a Sith. I said, yeah, I'm a Jedi, though. And he, that seemed foreign to Rob, and then I had to explain to him like how the legacy system works, and then he thought that was really cool. Okay. He is having a blast with this game. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you, how you, how you can't, yeah, to be quite honest. Yeah. I was playing I think- the other. I was playing earlier today, and um, you know, whenever you know, you, I spend five minutes of that game, and I might as well be spending. You know, I'm done for five hours. I'm just in that game for. <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it is for me. I don't know some other people might feel differently, but, but uh, I'm totally into it. I love it to death. Um, five hours? What are you doing, man? You can't get a level in five hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm playing Walking. backwards. That's what it is. I'm playing backwards. I'm I'm losing experience. That's that's what you're happens. You're leveling. You're de-leveling. 
Indeed I am. No, what it is, Lou, Ivarwin is becoming evil on us because he can't seem to get a level on that Jedi to save his life, but he gets <laughs> to level 11 on a Sith, like, overnight. And he, it's, 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 it's like an avalanche. It's just rolling. It's not stopping. <laughs> the instructions were level 10, Ivarwin. I did you one better. <laughs> See? Uh, for those of you out there that have been having a little, a little hard, you know, a little trouble with, with, um, with your tanking, I, I scooped up uh, a tip or two around to to help you out a bit. And I don't, I don't, I hear a lot of you know people saying like they 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 go into the the guardian tree and they're not too sure, you know, where where else to where else to go in in the defense tree. Spend some time with your other trees, especially like the low level the low-level talent points in the bottom of the other trees. Now, in in the Vigilance tree, I have Single Saber Mastery maxed out, the 3 out of 3, and it gives me you know 6% damage on all of my melee abilities. That can help you know build up threat as well, especially with your, your, regular, with your regular attack. Um, and I also have Improved Sundering Strike. That'll definitely make you know a lot of your fights go back go by quicker because you're going to be reducing their armor and that'll help you generate more threat and it's going to help knock them down you know the enemy down a lot faster isn't it painfully slow to level up as a tank no not if you organize your your companions the right way who are you running around with are you taking doc everywhere with you yeah, I now use Doc. I used to use Kira, and my fights were going a lot faster. But now that I have Doc healing me, you know, the fights are a little slower, but I can definitely take on a heck of a lot more. So I'm I'm kind of getting through the quest requirements a lot faster because I don't have to, you know, I'm not experiencing so much downtime by healing myself and Carrying a ton of you know stims around with me, so essentially, Warwin's just pulling one group, aggroing another, pulling another group. It's like, come Basically. on, Doc, heal me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it works great. I mean, low level instant. I mean, this. Um, I think uh, it was a couple of days ago. I was spending some time going through some low level instances that I may have missed, just to just to get through the story. And I bring Doc with me and. I'm not getting any experience, but I haven't seen the instance because I leveled up past it while doing my class quests on other on other planets. So I jump inside these instances, and I have Doc heal me up, and I go right through them. And it's never an issue. Let's uh, let's uh, let's head on down to uh, the Galactic Gazette for our official news. And here we are in the Galactic Gazette, our official and community news segment. Lou, 
What do we have as our first headline? All right. For the Galactic Gazette, what we have is a quick summary, actually, for the patch notes that occurred on the 8th and 10th of May. Mm -hmm. All right, so two sets of patches. And what we're going to go over really quick is just a little summary, a brief highlight of some of the more important things. Uh, For example, items. In general, they are adding more custom read orange, modelable items that have no modifications installed can now be reverse engineered. However, this does not include some crafted custom items and social gear. Mm. Okay, so now if you see it, you know, there's going to be more stuff out there. Now it can be RE. Um, I know for a lot of crafters out there, they want to start RE-ing these items to get the better versions of them to get that critical and then get the, uh, the augment slot added onto it. So now that creates the four fourth slot where people can now add uh, an augment to the armor and such. So I do wonder what materials it's going to break down into if it has no mods or anything installed in it. That is true. I, I would hope it'd be at least something be comparable to the tier, but who knows? With the random generator, it could be... Well, flat, you could get crap materials, but who knows? It'd probably oh, break down into, like, arms tech pieces or uh, synth weaving. <laughs> Stuff you can't use. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Whatever materials would have gone into making a comparable item, I think. I haven't tried it yet, so... Oof. Here's hoping. I, I dread crafting. <laughs> but I'm going to have to break down and do it anyway. <laughs> Alright, and then... And, uh, let's see, we've got Legacy here. All characters in a Legacy now appear in the family tree, even if the character has not logged in since patch 1.2. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they they tidied up a quick little uh, bug right there. Yes, that, that'd be a little concerning if I had <laughs> Legacies already set up. Oh, like, yeah. oh wait a minute. Uh, Fred, what's uh, what's the next one here? Well, I was just going to say that with that legacy one, what that was when the patch first came out, characters wouldn't show up in your family tree until you logged them in. Okay. So that's, they they weren't disappearing from the legacy. That's just what that was. It's just Yeah, it was like a, a little unintended issue, I suppose. You could call it that. Uh, PvP, War Zones. Daily War Zone missions now require the completion of six War Zone matches. Losing a match counts as one while winning a match now counts as two. Pretty good if you're a PvPer, I suppose. Yeah, this seems like a nice system to reward you for losing and give you more of a reward for winning. Right, it gives yeah. PvPers incentive to actually PvP, knowing that, yeah, they put in 15, 20 minutes or however long for a war zone, and at least they get something out of it. Yeah, you know? because not always, you, you can't always, I think, I think 90% of the people out there that PvP don't necessarily do it with a, a, a predetermined group, so it's really hard to, you know, get yourself on the same page and get yourself, you know, working as a as a group. So, it, it, a lot of times, just, if you lose, it's not your fault. It just seems like a bit of a weird way to label it as six war zone completions when winning one counts as two. But I guess it's less clunky than adding a half point system. Yeah, that's very true. Or, or not awarding anything at all. Uh, the uh, UI uh, general customization uh, has now been has now been uh, implemented here for the plus button. <laughs> Corrected an <laughs> issue that could prevent the interface editor from being opened by the plus button on the hotbar. 
Wait, can we say that again, Varman, please? Yeah, this exactly. This is for you, Dave. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> corrected an issue that could prevent the interface editor from being open by the plus button on the hotbar. Oh, come on. This isn't for Dave. Dave was saying people would accidentally click it. This was when people intentionally clicked it. It wouldn't open. <laughs> and, and it was actually opening. It was just faded out behind your UI, so you couldn't click on the options. <laughs> Uh, Galactic Trade Network, an issue that prevented some item category searches from functioning unless an item name or price range was also specified has been corrected. Uh, default value for the rarity field is now standard instead of any. This allows players to search for most items without requiring that they select an option in the rarity field. When claiming items or credits attached to mail, players will no longer encounter a rare error stating that this message cannot be sent. More of an annoyance than an actual problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And let's see the uh, the last one here, the uh, patch one point two three a, which was came out on the tenth. This amends the uh, the previous patch one point one two three. Um, general an issue that caused some mission items such as matrix cubes to disappear from player inventories has been corrected. Players that were affected by this issue will find their matrix cubes restored. The restored matrix cubes can be re-equipped from the mission inventories. Press I, and then select the mission items tab at the bottom of the window. That would have been a terrible bug to encounter. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> after, you, after you go through the trouble of going through all those puzzles to get to those matrix cubes, and then they're just gone. Mm-hmm. Not good. And then, then you probably go back to the cube and it probably wouldn't let you take the shard again (laughs) 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 all right uh just to remind everyone we have scheduled maintenance for tuesday don't forget tuesday may 15th is scheduled maintenance day for four hours going from 2 a.m central standard that is 12 a.m pacific and 3 a.m eastern until 6 a.m central 4 a.m pacific and 7 a.m eastern here is a bio quote This weekly maintenance is done in order to make general improvements and to check performance of the game so that we can continue to provide a consistent quality experience. Quite often, but not always, after a maintenance period, there will be a patch to download. After the maintenance, please log in via the launcher to download the latest patch. If your launcher was open during the maintenance, you must close and reopen it for a fresh login. Lou, get the next one, please. All right. Star Wars Celebration 6 announces the hosts. There we go. Star Wars Celebration 6 is a fan-based Star Wars convention, which will be held at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida this year. The happiest place on Earth. (laughs) This year, the following hosts have been confirmed. The voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars, actor James Arnold Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. uh, Fan of the show. (laughs) Couldn't resist. Author and Lucasfilm Star Wars expert Pablo Hidalgo will be there. A voice actor for Star Wars Battlefront, Republic Commando, Lego Star Wars, Zotor, and Proxy of the Force Unleashed, actor David Collins. Nerdist founder Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And spotlight guests will include, hey, Carrie Fisher. The one and only. Gotta have her. Gotta have her. The princess. Dave Filoni. He's the director of the Clone Wars animated series. 
and Joel Aaron. He's the cinematic graphic supervisor of the Clone Wars, or computer graphic supervisor of the Clone Wars. All right, and all this takes place during the week of August 23rd to the 26th this year in Orlando, Florida. All right, starts up on Thursday, which is the 23rd. It's going to run from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern, folks. Sorry, should have specified yeah. that. It looks like every, every one of those days it goes from uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. On, except for uh, Sundays. Except for Sunday. Right. And st- yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that goes from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Correct. All right. You, you can get tickets at www.starwars.com or www.starwarscelebration.com. And you can buy individual, VIP, and family packages. That's right. I'd like to uh, get some time to actually head on down there. That'd be uh, that'd be some pretty uh, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Oh yeah, I've never been I've... to one of these things. Has either one of you guys been to been to a Star Wars convention? No, but I would have liked to have seen a few more people from Swotor on the list of people that are coming. Seems like they only have one voice actor going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the the video game itself is, in, in the entire Star Wars community, is kind of like a, a brand new thing, and not everyone, you know, not everyone involved in, in the game has any kind of, you know, recognition over a whole bunch of the, the Star Wars, you know, enthusiasts out there, so... True. Yeah. Plus, too, and they're very busy as well. I mean, they, the invitation may have been extended, but they may not have been able yeah, to go. Yeah, I, I know in the past, though, when the other Star Wars MMO was out there, yes, I'm going to bring it up, Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> oh, there it is, Galaxies. Um, you, I don't believe anyone from Sony Online Entertainment involved with the Galaxies game ever um, attended one of these things. I'm not sure. I'll have to double-check. But, Come uh, on, I, Lou. If the people that ran the celebration ever played Galaxies, they wouldn't have invited them. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right, guys. Uh, if we're done with the news, then I believe we have a very interesting Dark Council topic up next. Back to the Dark Council, our roundtable discussion. Lou, you picked out a couple of things that you saw in the community Q&A, did you not? Yes, I did. A couple of points of interest that I thought we'd like to share and discuss with the rest of the community that's mm-hmm. out there. Sure. So, so what do we got here? What's the, uh, what's the first one? All right. This Q&A question is actually coming from the Q&A session front ended on the 4th of May. All right, and the question poses this. It's from May a the 4th be with you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was oh, coming somewhere. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. <laughs> you know, I should have obliterated the date from the notes so no one would know where it was from. <laughs> <laughs> should have just said past Friday. 
You know, if I would have remembered about it, I would have went on the official Star Wars website and sent you guys those e-cards for May the 4th. <laughs> they had some e-cards off of that? Oh, they have that a whole cute. website dedicated to it. Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, I missed it. Come on, Hallmark. Get on that. I want to get off for yes. this day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why is this not a national holiday? Work on it, Mr. President. Come on. It is to us. It is to us. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, it's, this question comes from Lorik. And Lorik poses this question. Are there any plans to introduce a mentoring system in SOTOR? Mm. In some other MMOs, this mentoring system lowers the stats and armor of high-level characters and grades out abilities that they don't didn't have during lower levels so that they can help their lower-level friends. Now, this is an answer from Damien S., Damien Schubert. And he says, I'm a big fan of down-leveling, and I've been pushing to add something like this for a long, long time. Plus, you just can't ignore the master-slash-apprentice relationship as being a core part of the Star Wars universe. Experience, sorry. So yeah, this is coming. Someday. And as always, it will have a couple of unique twists that I think people will enjoy. I gotta say, you know, this this is one of those topics that kind of, you know, pops up every now and again in in other MMOs. And I hadn't thought about it until I saw it today. And this is really... This really has... I, I think in any MMO, I think this is the one that has a place in it. You know what I mean? Like this, I mean, mm-hmm. he says it perfectly when he says, you know, especially regarding the master slash apprentice relationship. I'm just wondering what would be the best way to implement this? Well, if you know what, Bioware, yay, Sotor doesn't need to reinvent the wheel. Sorry to use that cliche phrase. But if they take a look at EverQuest 2 mentoring system, it's there. It's established. It works. Right. All it literally does is I can take my level 85 ranger, and if one of my friends is on who's only level 30, I can go to him, group up with him, you know, join a group with him, right-click in my portrait or his portrait and say mentor, and boom, all of a sudden now I'm 35 again. Yeah. Again, you know, all the abilities that I had as level 85 gray out, Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, well, I'm sorry. When they did, when they fixed that though, is that everything um, changes. I still use my armor. My armor and weapons are still the same. Okay. Right. But you know what happens? Everything scales and adjusts to level 35 now. Okay. So now instead of my bow doing 2K DPS as level 85, now I only do, for level 35, I'm only doing 250. Right. Because that's what level 35, you know, Would I'm do. just, you know, you know, saying I hear don't quote the numbers, but that's what a little five ranger can do yeah. at that level for DPS. Okay, so it's you know it's really it seems like it's a really simple system in in what was that EQ two you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and if they could translate that um, into this game, I think that'd be great. But my question is, and and maybe Fred, you could scoop this one up for us. How would you like to see this implemented, especially regarding the master apprentice relationship thing? I mean, do you think it would be it would be good to like choose, you know, your friend um, who who just got let's just let's let's just say your your friend just got tour, and you know he wants to run some flashpoints, and you've got like a level fifty, and you know you want to run into you know a flashpoint and help him out. Um, do you think it would be good to? 
have it where you can only you can see I don't know how I want to put it but you can choose you can have him be your apprentice you know from from now on through until he hits level 50 and now you guys get like special I guess uh, almost like legacy you know points by working together and but that that relationship is is you know static and stays that way or would you like to be able to you know on the fly like almost choose you know whoever you want um like let's say you just join a group and you know that one person you can choose to have your have them be your apprentice for that one flashpoint and then you leave and then maybe like another one you know who would be lower level you know, you could have them choose them to be, you know, your apprentice for for that flashpoint and, and so on and so forth. How would in you like complete, to see this? In complete honesty, I want to see them do something different than every game that's come out before has done. Although the system in EQ2 works fine, the way that I would like to see it implemented in SWOTOR mm-hmm. is utilizing the legacy system. This game has newer tech than any game that's done this before. And the way I want to see it is where you can pick somebody to be your apprentice and somebody to be the master. And each character, you should have a drop-down menu, even if it's in increments of 5 or 10 levels, whatever, where you can set your level to be any level under your current level or your current level. So if you guys want to do, I don't know, the Black Talon, both of you can just click the menu and set your level to 10 and run Black Talon together. But the person that's the apprentice, if their actual level is level 30, they shouldn't, under any circumstances, be able to set their level higher than 30. Whereas the master should be able to set their level any level below themselves if they're level 50. Well, and well, I, I would actually, think that would just be common sense. I mean, I would hope they wouldn't wouldn't allow the apprentice to upscale their level. I mean, that, that'd be, that'd be kind of silly. It's been done before. It's called the sidekicking system where they make it where the person that's being mentored can actually raise their level to be a weaker form of the higher level. (laughs) Similar to bolstering in the war zones. Okay. And that's a prime example that they already have the tech in place to set characters at a certain level. Yeah. All right, but uh, it's the the question I asked was though: Would you would you like to see, you know, that relationship static and formed and 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 uh, you know and concrete, or would you like to be able to switch whoever your apprentice is, depending on on you know whoever you're going in the flashpoint with, or does it not matter the, to you? The the way that I would like to see it implemented yeah. would be that. There is one master and one apprentice, and that master or apprentice, depending on who you are, appears in your legacy family tree, even if it's played by another player. Yeah. And I would actually like to see that extended to spouses and everything else, so you're not just limited to your own characters in there. But as far as gameplay goes, it has to be where you can change it on the fly, because you might have more than one friend that you want to mentor or lower level guildies that you want to help level up. And, you know, everybody on the QGN staff will want to help you level up. So we need to be able to change it. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I would I would like to see it where it's you know it's a concrete relationship, and and furthermore, I mean, I mean, this is just me. I don't think anyone would like this at all, but I would I would like to see it where, you know, uh, a Jedi could take on um, only a Jedi as their apprentice, and not necessarily, you know, a trooper. Tell them, Lou. They don't make the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think, Rob? What's What's your What's your opinions on this? Well, I definitely like this. Um, uh, you know, anytime that you ever have people working together, uh, anytime that you ever have uh, players cooperating and leveling each other and helping out and everything, um, that's always a big plus on my side. Mm-hmm. Um, and down leveling has uh, always been a big, you know a big plus on, on, on different games as well. So to, uh, to think of star Wars, actually, um, inserting this into the game. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to see that. I could definitely see a lot of people, especially, uh, for players that are new as well. They don't necessarily understand the game as well. And, um, for players that are, you know, that have been in the game since like, let's say beta, um, you know, those, those people are usually around the 50 level. So uh, it's harder for them to help the people that they want to play the game with. You know, you have that waiting period. You have you have to wait for them to climb up to your level. Whereas you have down-leveling, you can jump right in the action with them. So um, definitely a big plus. I would love to see this um, inserted into the game. Exactly. And during yeah. the game intro, Rob, I was talking about how I was out there helping your consular around a little bit. It would have been so nice if I could have just downed my level to actually group with you and do those quests with you instead of just following you around like a lost puppy. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it would have it would have been really nice because you you always have that feeling when somebody else is way stronger than you. You're like, God, this person's wasting their time. They could be doing something else. You know why? You know why are they wasting their time on this? And yeah, if they're down leveled. No, yeah, yeah. When they're down leveled, it's it's more fun. It's like, oh, you know, this guy's you know basically the same level as me. He wants to, you know, get in the same content that I'm doing, and he wants to help me out with this. This is this is great, you know. And it's a challenge for both of us. And it'll help veteran players as well remember their roots, which is always a good exactly. thing. Exactly. And, uh, and Marwin, to your point, it. it I'm sorry, Pat. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, Lou. Oh no, I just wanted to mention too. It, it's the master apprentice system could work for all the classes since it's already there's already a hierarchy established. Of course, it's easy to see with the Jedi and the Sith because you have the Master and Apprentice, but then who do you have on the Republic side? You have the Trooper. All right, the Trooper is part of the Republic military. That's perfect. Okay, there you go. You have an officer, NCO, enlisted relationship you can establish there. Okay, because I remember, if I remember the Trooper storyline correctly, you get promoted as you go through the ranks. Okay, you become an officer. All right, so now you can have a mentor, you know, your, your apprentice so to speak, would be an non-commissioned officer, sergeant, or an enlisted person. All right, so now whoa, that flows whoa. into that You become line. an officer? You're dropping spoilers on me, Lou. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get promoted in rank. <laughs> well, right, you know, if you want to go but Sorry. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was just saying with the Varwin side, you know, I, I don't think it should be constrained to classes necessarily. Um... You know, I, I don't see a reason why it necessarily should be restrained to classes, and and I could see that as being a big negative and a big turnoff for a lot of people, especially somebody yeah. that wants to play a certain class. That, like, let's say they're um, they're a sniper, right, and they're playing with somebody that wants to be um, a bounty hunter, um, you know, uh, power tech. You know, they 
it wouldn't be able to work that way if that system was in place. But if you were able to level with anybody, you know, then you're able to complement each other. You know, a healer and a and a, a tank and you know what what have you. So I think to to have that to have that type of um, that type of limitation on players, I think it would be a big negative thing, and a lot of players would be turned off by it. Well, Since Dave's well, not here, I have to be the one to say, Ivarwin, you're wrong, because with the legacy system, the way that you can get legacy abilities from other classes, they would never do that, and that would be silly to do. Hey, you're probably right. Go ahead, Lou. Well, I was going to say, well, the thing is, if we, we have to separate, you know, the difference between the mentoring system and the master apprentice system, because... Mentoring is simply deleveling your high-level characters so you can group up uh, with low-level friends and guildies, as opposed to a master apprentice system to where um, you know there's a definitive role as to what, who, and what the master is. Um, I mean, I get what you're saying, Rob. Yeah, that is a big turnoff if they're constrained by the classes, but I think that's something that they have to be forced to deal with because you can't have a master carpenter, um, you can't have an apprentice who is a junior electrician. That doesn't work. Okay, it doesn't work with the story. It doesn't work with the classes. So, yeah, it's gonna. I think it may. It may make it tougher for the player base. But if they want to introduce a master slash apprentice type system as opposed to a mentoring system, which is simply deleveling, all right. If you're gonna introduce master apprentice, that has to be, you know, a Sith master has to teach a Sith apprentice. A Sith master can't teach a bounty hunter, power tech because they have totally disparate skill sets. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. The- the way I want to see it play out is in some crazy alternate universe where Varwin's a higher level than me. I want to play his <laughs> apprentice. <laughs> and when I get to level 49, in order to hit level 50, I have to cut Varwin down with my lightsaber. It just has to happen. It's the true <laughs> Sith way. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, Lou, I, I totally agree. It, um, you know, if you, if you really... if. If Bioware wants to go by the books and wants to keep it as straight to the story as possible, yeah, I totally agree. They, they'll have to do that. But if they want to appease the players and be more flexible, I think that they, it would be a wiser decision for them to allow allow people to apprentice um, any any class, regardless of what class you are, if you're a lower class or not. But well, I, I do agree. Be, it's it's both sides. Would it be a wiser decision? It, it would be better for the game, but they really have to find a way to explain it. Because, I mean, in what instance do you have, you know, a Jedi mentoring a trooper? In one well, instance, you, you have an agent that can force choke somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and... and to keep with the Star Wars Lou or lore, Lou 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 I did it. Uh, take a shot. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> well, there goes my train of thought. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no. To keep with the the lore of Star Wars, um, you think about what a Jedi Knight is. A Jedi Knight um, was a commander. He was a general. You know, you think of General Obi Wan. Right. Um, you know, he was able to train those troopers and able to lead them. So, you know, that would work. But, for instance, if you had, let's say, um, a Sith and a bounty hunter, it'd be a little more silver lining there um, to be, you know, less specific. But, you know, you're, you're right. It would be a little more difficult to explain. Yeah, that that's very true. I mean, you gotta you got to figure out exactly, you know, 
how how you're going to explain that away. That's that's the only thing. Um, I mean, you know, like like Fred had a good point. You know, in what instance, you know, do you have so and so that's not a Jedi, that's not a Sith, uh, you know, being able to force choke someone, someone who isn't force sensitive, and they they, they did find a way to explain that. You know, somewhat, uh, you know, somewhat satisfactorily. I would have completely agreed with you, Ivar One, that it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But when you have the legacy patch where you have family members teaching non-certain class people their class's ability, yeah. when you can have a Jedi that can use rocket boots, it, it seems like that is a very small stretch of the imagination to see a Sith training a bounty hunter. Because if that bounty hunter's a relative, that bounty hunter can probably force choke. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll the, have to, the legacy uh, patch, the legacy patch definitely didn't follow the storyline. But um, you know, like Lou and Navarro, when we're saying, it, you know, if they want to keep to that storyline, they will have to figure something out. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, well, I I think that'll end our our topic for for this week. Um, Rob's uh, Jedi Archives is up next. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> What does it mean to be a Jedi, to hold all that power? Only history can tell and teach in the Jedi Archives. And welcome back everyone to the Jedi Archives lore by the lore dude Rob news apprentice ah, 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 ah. <laughs> okay <laughs> rob what do you got for us this week all right man i got uh, i got some awesome content for you guys um something that's pretty famous in the star wars universe um we're gonna talk about the famous lightsabers Ooh. um yeah pretty much everyone's familiar with what a lightsaber looks like or generally looks like um Ooh. we're gonna talk about a few different versions of lightsabers and uh, we're gonna talk about how they're made um how they work as well and um different forms of lightsabers as well because there's uh, actually more than just one so um first of all uh where they're made and uh, kind of what they are the foreground of what they are um the uh, force saber was a precursor um basically to what the uh what the uh, lightsaber was um the force saber was um created um by the ricotta um and that's a, a pretty famous race and we can go on and on about them but um, we're kind of going to focus more on the lightsabers this time. Um, so if we kind of backtrack a little bit, um, the first uh, light or the first lightsaber was um, called the First Blade, and it was built on Tython. So we're all really familiar with Tython, and um, it wasn't developed by anybody that's known. It was just some unknown weapon master. So nobody really knows who the first um, person was to create um, a lightsaber. And actually, during this time, it wasn't really a lightsaber, which is funny enough. And uh, We'll get into that a little bit more as well. Um, how that lightsaber was uh, generated, or how it generated power, what it looked like, and how it uh, how it hindered the Jedi's ability. Um, so uh, basically, uh, you know, this was during a time when lightsabers are used for for different means. Um, one of the more notable means that lightsabers are used for is, uh, of course, uh, battling. <laughs> lightsaber duels. Who doesn't love an awesome lightsaber duel, right? <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, come on, dude. There's nothing better than watching two Jedis or a Jedi and a Sith going at it. I mean, you just get these goosebumps. And you're just like, 
Oh, lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, lightsaber combat was, is a really big thing. Um, another thing, too, as well, that lightsabers were really used for um, was rituals. That was a, another secondary thing that they were uh, primarily used in. Um, one of the more specific things was uh, knighting ceremonies, um, such as when uh, a Padawan became a Jedi Knight or a Jedi Knight became a master. Um, so that those were uh, uh, pretty big areas. And, and you know, Sith... For uh, for some really unknown reason, Sith don't usually use uh, lightsabers too much in rituals. Um, there's only a few instances where Sith have used lightsabers in knighting ceremonies. So um, yeah, pretty unknown. But um, oh, that's, mainly, that's mainly because most of their uh, ceremonies requires you know bl- flowing blood and heads rolling. <laughs> and... A red ledger, right? <laughs> Somebody's dying saber. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sacrifice. I don't know what you're talking about, but I had a ceremony. I got to take my lightsaber out of some dead guy's hand and then go cut over, cut off some living guy's hand with it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that works. Best type of ceremony. <laughs> Actually, I mean, well, why would there be a ceremony? I mean, uh, usually the way you become a Sith is, is by deposing of your... Your master. <laughs> yeah, a, I guess. There's a ceremony guess involved right. in that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're just, that's playing out killing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just, you take whatever you got and you just, you know, kill your master and you you turn around and you're like, hey, kid, you want to do something awesome? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Come with me. Not the old Republic. Start off with the whole group of you and then whichever one of you is alive at the end is Sith. <laughs> Look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> no ceremony in that, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Backstabbing. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. That, that's a really good point. So, um, yeah. So, I guess what we can get into um, is kind of how how lightsabers work, how they're made. Um, during during my research, uh, trying to figure out, you know, because I've always heard about lightsabers. I've always thought, you know, they're just a beam of energy. But how does that energy stop? You know where where does it know where to stop? How does it know where to adjust um, that uh, that length of the lightsaber as well? Um, and oh, how does it contain that that light? Right. <laughs> a quarter of your physics students in this country are trying to figure that out right now. <laughs> well, listen up. <laughs> so so uh, a lightsaber is uh, primarily made of a few different parts: um, uh, the lightsaber hilt itself, um, the power cell. Uh, a focusing lens, um, the crystal, <laughs> parentheses, crystal, um, and the blade emitter. Um, so, you know, there's, there's of course, more parts that are uh, composed of a lightsaber, of course. Um, but one of the more um, renowned things that you find on Tython when you're going through the game of the Old Republic um, is that crystal that you're trying to find. Um, you know, right. and, and that's, it's kind of illuminated as well, or, or you know, uh, brought out in a bunch of the Star Wars lore is, is the crystals found on Tython. Well, hold um, on a minute there, Rob. Now, you're saying whoa, the lightsaber whoa. has all these parts, but when I built my lightsaber, it consisted <laughs> of an orange shell, and then I had a color crystal, a power crystal, a hilt, <laughs> and a mod. <laughs> well, let's just say that Star Wars The Old Republic and Bioware, they just toned it down a little bit for the less physics-savvy people. <laughs> <laughs> And thank I God. I feel like I've been deceived. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody wants a quantum physics lesson while they're making a lightsaber that's like, God, I don't care, escape. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that how Galaxies was, Lou? Yes. Uh, Galaxies was more involved. It was an actual crafting process that the Jedi could do. 
Um, oh man! I, I'm not, I don't mean I, I'm not putting it in a mean way, folks, with the old Republic's version of it. But the old Republic's version of building a lightsaber is a really watered down version. Oh yeah, of, yeah. of what yeah, Galaxy's had. Is still around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it's really interesting that you you mentioned that as well because you know one of the ways that Jedi um, put together lightsabers by using the Force by taking all these parts, putting it together through the Force, um, and, and that's a, a really momentous occasion for. Um, a Jedi is that that's the lightsaber they're going to use for an extended period of time. And, and, uh, the, the thing really, really cool thing about the lightsaber is that it's custom tailored, um, to that specific person. Um, not in all cases necessarily. Um, you know, you have the standard lightsaber, but there's so many different variants of what a lightsaber can look like. Um, you know, you have the double bladed lightsaber, the, um, the curved hilt lightsaber, which is what, uh, Count Dooku used. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you know, so many different types of lightsabers. A lightsaber pike. You have um, the newer hilts that came out later on. A guard shoto, which we're going to get into as well. Um, well, you know, briefly, real quick. But uh, the guard oh, shoto was Rob. Rob, did you get your consular to the end of Tython yet? Because you'll actually yes. get to. S- did you see your lightsaber assembled? Yeah, I did. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that, that was one a- of the best parts of, of the game is is how yeah. it gave its just due to that, that occasion. I, I oh, felt yeah. like I got cheated starting off on the Sith side because whether you're a warrior or an Inquisitor, you get your lightsaber and it's already assembled. When you're a Jedi, you actually get to see the creation process and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's something definitely rewarding. Um, you know, that, during that cussing, I just kind of just sat back and was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Bioware. <laughs> yeah. um, now, something that I had mentioned as well was the first lightsabers that were made, they were called protosabers. Um, something interesting that I learned of is that when the lightsabers were actually first created beforehand, you had the regular bladed, um, the vibroblades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you also had something... This, um, pretty interesting as well when they wanted to create a lightsaber they they didn't have the necessary um ability to create enough energy to create a blade so what they actually had was it was attached to a cable that was attached to a battery pack that they they had around their belt <laughs> so it was like you can think about how ghostbusters yeah exactly that's exactly <laughs> what i thought of i was just like this is the most ridiculous sounding thing ever but it totally makes sense because how do you get power to the lightsaber you know we, we take it for granted that there's power in the lightsaber already but think about those that had to first create it you know they there was no other form of electricity except for on their belt because it was that big and and that um the protosaber when it was first used, really wasn't used mainly for combat. It was mainly used as a, a symbolic emblem, and um, really wasn't used too much for combat. Um, yeah, I because couldn't it see would, how that would even be an effective weapon, because anyone would be able to just take a vibroblade and just cut the wire and be like, "What's up now, bro?" Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hit me with your yeah, stick. Be, exactly, and they just like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, there there would be nothing that they could do. Um, especially if that kind of situation happened. So, you know, later on they perfected the art of lightsaber um, and it became to what we know as today. Um, you know, different forms of lightsabers out there. The more notable one is the uh, standard lightsaber. Um, you have the Electrum lightsaber, which is super cool. Um, it was only used for masters, though. It was a, a The whole body of the lightsaber, or the hilt, rather, was um, gold, plated in gold, um, uh, gold Electrum metal, which was super cool. Wow. Um, you also have the double-bladed lightsaber, which everyone's just like, 
absolutely loves. <laughs> the, uh, uh, you the know, Darth you have, Maul saber. <laughs> the Darth Maul saber. Exactly. Exactly. Every everybody seems to uh, really like that. Um, and uh, you also have something as well uh, called the Guard Shoto. Um, now the Guard Shoto is really cool. It's uh, think about a lightsaber, and think of there was a extension about ninety degrees out of that lightsaber, and you hold it so that it's like a pike. And what this was primarily used for is the Shoto was used basically for defense, just like a pike is used in uh, martial arts today. And Lou, you can uh, definitely correlate with that, I'm sure, mm-hmm. as far as with martial arts and whatnot. So, um, and that's kind of like a baton or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a baton, a, a pike, something of that nature. Um, and the lightsaber itself was made out of a resistance metal to other lightsabers. Um, usually it was a frink alloy, which was used, or a frick alloy, rather, um, so to defend off against other lightsaber attacks. Um, you okay. have the curved hilt lightsaber, which is really good. Um, used, it was versatile, and it was you could use it in a bunch of different uh, variant uh, fighting styles. Um, Miss Windu used this, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, really? And he used this with a... Yeah, I believe so. I don't don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure he used it with a Jodo. Um, uh, yeah, Jodo? Jodo? Yeah, that's it, right? That's the the fighting stance. Yeah, pretty no, sure. I, th- I thought his fighting stance with um was vapid. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Maybe yeah, used vapid. Vap- vapid. Yeah, fighting style. Vap- vapid yeah. form. Yeah. Vapid form. That's that's <laughs> correct. Yes. Alrighty. So um, yeah. So that that was uh, another. You know, those are the the main different types of lightsabers that were used. Um, another one too as well was the light whip that um was a lot more exotic. And uh, not well known and not well used because it, it kind of um, put the uh, user at a disadvantage, especially if another force user uh, gained ground on them and got into close combat, they would pretty much be done for. <laughs> the light whip. Are we talking about an actual whip that that's a laser? Yes, we're talking about a laser whip. <laughs> I, I thought I thought the double bladed lightsaber was 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 dangerous to use. You're definitely taking a part <laughs> off with that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the most notable one, uh, most notable uh, person to use this was uh, Gethany, um, and you can look at her and do more research uh, at your own time. Um, but she was the more notable one to actually use the light whip. Um, was she a yeah, Jedi definitely. or was she a Sith? Um, I believe she was. I believe she was neither. Actually, if I remember correctly, um, yeah. Let me see real quick. Um. Yeah, just a, a female human who fought. Oh, who fought as a Sith Lord? Um, so she was a Sith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll happen. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah, but pretty sweet stuff. So. Cool. All right, man. Awesome. Do you well, got any questions for me? Anything? Uh, no, no, I don't. I think that was pretty comprehensive. What about uh, What about you guys? Anything? If you guys have any recommendations, um, please write into us. Uh, please email us and let us know what you want to talk about. Um, you know, there's. Only so much that you guys, you know, I don't want to talk about something you guys don't want to listen to. So um, if you guys just want to uh, suggest something uh, that you guys want to know more about or uh, want to talk about, oh, yeah. I'd be more than happy to do that for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If there's if there's ever a question that you have about, about lore, email the show at uh, StarWarsOffTheRecord at gmail.com. Uh, we'll forward it over to Rob, and he'll, he'll you know, obviously is more than happy to, to take it on. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, the fleet's up next, so... Hang out and we'll we'll answer some of those emails you've been writing in.
Welcome to the fleet. Oh, Lord Vader. We would be honored if you would join us. And welcome back to the fleet. Your emails and iTunes shoutouts. Our first email comes from Chris P., who says, Hey, new team awesome. I was just playing on my speeder today. I was just going round and round the fleet cantina for fun while waiting on PvP matches. Then it hit me. There should be... We should have a race event, with the obvious rewards including new speeders. Maybe even one that's faster if you win the race. There could be two types of races. Not sure if you should race NPCs or players because higher levels have better speeders. Maybe put the option for both. Or you can get on special racing speeder there at the track. <laughs> Chris Pate. Um, I like this. I think this is a great idea, to be honest. I mean, um, I would I would think to even go so far as to include even, um, you know, being able to race with, with your ship. I mean, you know, for example, we, we know about the, the Kessel Run from Han Solo in the movies. <laughs> How many parcels? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know, what do you what do you guys think? Do you think this is a good idea at all? Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it'd be a great idea too as well to uh, have betting um, in the system as well. So, you know, you have uh, a race going on and be like, oh, I think that guy's going to win. Oh, you want to bet on it? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. Um, Lou, you want to get the next one? Sure. And next email comes from John P. John P. writes in, Hey guys, I have a quick question. What is your live streaming schedule for Star Wars Off the Record? Are the .5 episodes also live streamed? If so, when? Thanks for the show, John P. Sure, and I'll be more than happy to answer that. Uh, John, our our first of all, the show is now being recorded Mondays, Monday nights, and that's when we live stream. It'll be Monday night at 7 Eastern Time. The .5 shows, however, are not live streamed. And, and we do that to keep a... A different feel for that for that particular show. So Monday nights, seven p.m. every other week, basically. And and watch our Twitter because we'll we'll always post on there as well if when the show is actually um, being recorded and when a new one is available. And uh, if there's any ever, ever scheduled changes as well, you'll find that on our Twitter. Okay, so we have a comment on our website from Rabbi Shecky. Who says, guys, just listening to the end of the episode now and wanted to thank you for a solid, upbeat cast. The insane levels of negativity that I've been listening to slash reading has been mind-boggling. And I really appreciate the voices of reason. No problem, Randy. No, that... no problem. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's we've <awesome>. always <laughs> Yeah, we've always stated at the beginning when we first started this podcast that we love the game. We love the Star Wars universe. Um but we're also going to offer constructive criticism, you know, when needed, uh, because we're not, again, we're not going to be blind fanboys to Bioware the Star Wars universe. But, <laughs> you know, we will never, if if we ever do, I guess, come across as negative, um, I know we're borrowing and wrestling to back us up, but we will always offer you reasons. Oh, yeah. All right. We're, we're going to pose to you, you know, reasons one, two, three, and four, and five as to why this is a problem, why this is a negative for us, because. You know, one, it affects gameplay in this way. It affects storyline plot in this way. 
Um, yeah. You'll never just see us just say, oh, this mechanic sucks and that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. It, it, we're, we're all about backing up our statements, whether positive or negative. We will always have something to add to it. We're not just throw blind statements out there. So, yeah, so especially when thank you. Yeah, especially when everyone was just absolutely breaking down when when those four hundred thousand people left. You know, as uh, Rabbi was mentioning, uh, you know, everyone was taking this on a negative context. You know, and, and I think you know one thing that we, we did is we approached it with a realistic aspect and we realized, oh, this is a positive thing. Um, you know, if, if at worst, a healthy thing, you know, and that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like people saw that 400,000 number and then they took every little thing that ever bothered them about the game and just blew it way out of proportion. Like the game was terrible and it's simply not. The game's amazing and it's an MMO. Anything that's wrong with the game or not there, they're going to add and they're going to fix. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, like let, let's, and we said it in the last episode that, you know, bio, Bioware is in this to make money and they're not going to just let something, especially this, which is a project they've been invested in for years. They're not going to just let that fail. So, you know, if you stick with it, you're only doing yourself a service. That is, of course, if you really enjoy playing the game. If you don't enjoy playing the game, go somewhere else. You know, Terra's out there. <laughs> World of Warcraft's still out there. <laughs> you know, what you, who you you know who are you fooling? You know, drop your sub and go somewhere else. Right. You know, there are other options matter. out there. If the game isn't for you, you know, it's not being mean spirit. Say, well, then go find something else that you enjoy. That's that's something normal. Yeah. You know, yeah. why would yeah. a a man, you know, put his leg in a pot of boiling hot water? Okay, if you don't enjoy it, then don't do it. It's not, it's not being mean to say you get out. No, it's just if it's not to your liking, that's fine. Yeah, no hard feelings. Yeah. Just go find something else that appeals to you. And yeah, each I, MMO out there these days they appease to you know a bunch of niches, and you know Star Wars has definitely got a big niche for uh, story story play, um, as well as RPG as well. And um, you know some people you know they don't enjoy the lore of Star Wars, and some people don't enjoy story writing um you know they just enjoy uh, hacking and slashing they enjoy grinding out quests um that's up to them you know if, if they don't enjoy the game it's up to them to leave it's it's totally their choice you can't force someone to pay every month to play a game <laughs> yeah. and it's also up to bioware to to find the weaknesses in their game and to improve on them which i think they have been absolutely Oh, when yeah. I was listening to all those podcasts, it seemed like a lot of those people don't even like the game, and those people really shouldn't be playing it if they don't like it. And one of the things that the Quest Network does really well is when they assign, well, we assign hosts to different shows, we make sure that the hosts that are on these shows actually play the game and like the game. We don't put people on shows about games that they hate. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's one... And I, I think I may have mentioned this on a, on another show um, or another episode at one point, but the way we actually decide, you know, which which podcast to do about what game is based on what are we playing and what do we seriously enjoy. I mean, we don't we don't have a Terra podcast because we just don't play the game. Not that we wouldn't like to insert ourselves into the Terra podcast market and serve that community. We just don't play it. We know nothing about it, and we don't have any plans to do so. So there you go. However. You know, uh, we are all getting Diablo three, <laughs> and you know we've been geeking out about that that particular uh, you know game. So hence, there's a show for it. 
And there may have been a couple fist fights behind the scenes about who gets to be on that show. <laughs> <laughs> one or two, one or two. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't, Liz. I won't let Liz, you know, punch you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts so bad. <laughs> we could always have uh, Rob put out the first episode of QGN Cast about Terra and call it the Terrible episode. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> All right, getting away from that. <laughs> Bad joke. Lou, take the iTunes shout-outs, please. Okay, iTunes shout-outs. Five-star reviews. From America, we have Zach D. From our friends down under in Australia, Javatari. Indeed. Thank you very much, guys. And retweet mentions for those of you out there who have retweeted us when we asked you to do so. We say thank you to Vector Parcel, Geekfro, Lotter Lore, Crispy Crackers, Maximus Phoenix, Gray Meese, Williams Jared, Jeek Boy, and FSUTJ. Now, Fred, we had a Star Wars contest going. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we do have a contest going, and it's still going until our May 31st show. Well, the week of May 31st, at the end of the month, we're going to cut it off, and then we'll mm-hmm. announce the winner on the 4th of June, which will be that Monday show. And we're going to give away 60-day game cards for SWOTOR. And in order to be eligible to win a 60-day game card, what we need you to do is go to questgamingnetwork.com and click on the radio survey. The radio survey is vastly more important to our show than iTunes five-star reviews, although we do love the five-star reviews and we want them to keep coming. The survey is a more personal form of communication that lets us know what you like and what you don't like about our shows. So once you're on the Quest Gaming Network website and you click on the survey, it's going to ask you brief questions. It'll take about five minutes to complete. And check every show that you listen to on the Middle Earth network and then once you've completed the survey send us an email at starwarsofftherecord at gmail.com and let us know that you've completed the radio survey and if you've completed the survey already and haven't sent us an email yet feel free to do so and we'll enter you into the contest All right. it takes about 5 minutes of your time and gets you 60 days of SWOTOR game time if you win yeah we've been getting a lot of a lot of great feedback from these things. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest, uh, we're, we're actually switching up a couple of things that we do for, uh, for some of our shows as a result of it. Um, keep it coming, you know, please keep it coming. And, uh, you know, we'll be more than happy to, to, uh, to tweak these shows based on your, your overwhelming responses. Uh, another service on the show that we offer is called Paid Mentions. Uh, for a small fee of $10, we will provide any kind of small ad or shout-out to whomever or commemorate whatever you wish. Uh, please go to our website and use the PayPal Donate button or simply email us, and we'll be happy to point you in the right direction which to do this. Uh, this is a great thing for guilds. Um, maybe you guys have just celebrated you know, Downing Solo for the first time, and you, you, know, you like the show. You know, this is something you want to shout out to everybody. We'll be more than happy to do that. Um, birthdays. We get a lot of emails from people asking us about, you know, uh, could you, you know, give us, give me a shout out. It's my birthday. Absolutely no problem. This is, this is what the, uh, the paid mention service is for. Um, 
we'd like to remind everyone, okay, Diablo Off the Record records Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern, and Minecraft Off the Record as well records Sundays at 7 p.m. Now, Lou, if our listeners out there would like to reach us, how can they do so? Okay, if you want to reach us, you can go to our website, which is at www.starwarsofftherecord.com. Old Rabbi Shecky there has done this. Yes, he has. <laughs> or if you want to go through our portal site, which is www.questgamingnetwork.com. And if you want to watch us, if you want to hear us and watch us do all sorts of crazy human tricks while we're <laughs> podcasting, <laughs> you can come watch us at the live stream location at www.livestream.com forward slash the quest show. Now, on that particular location, folks, you get to see the host of the Quest Gaming Network, go through all sorts of great and low events. Oh, in indeed. Our, in our gaming sessions, whether it's getting our rears handed to us by the dragon, <laughs> or somehow saving the day as a Jedi Guardian, or nice. shocking vet as the Sith Warrior, <laughs> <laughs> or watching Joni of Arwen blow up a mountain for the tenth time with tons of TNT and Minecraft. <laughs> It's all live-streamed right there. Oh, no, Lou. We had to disable TNT. Joe isn't allowed to play with that anymore. Oh, good, good, good. It was for the better of the server. <laughs> and hopefully soon we'll get to see Diablo 3 live-streamed. Yes, I'm sure that's, that's going to happen. Are you kidding me? It's going to be like a Diablo 3 marathon, 72 <laughs> hours straight of Dave live-streaming. Mm. <laughs> if you want to send us an email... You can email us at StarWarsOffTheRecord at gmail.com. Hey, if you have Twitter, if Twitter's your thing, you can reach the show at StarWarsOTR. If you want to tweet Evarwin, you can, or if you want to follow him, you can follow him at Evarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. If you want to follow Fred, he's at Cortinoler. G-O-R-T-H-Y-N-O-L-L-U-R. Rob, Rock and Reach that. Bowertech. E-A-U-E-R-T-E-C-H. If you want to send me a tweet, you can reach me at GamerGuy11B. And as always, Star Wars Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. Gentlemen, final thoughts? Well, we had a, had a lot to cover. Um, a lot more to come in the future. I can't wait to see if Bioware, not if, but when Bioware will actually get to do and implement that mentoring system. I would really like to have that in place. Uh, I think it's got to open up a lot of possibilities, more social possibilities amongst people in the server. And I really hope they keep up to this with the Q&As, too, and the uh, dev blogs. So we see how far along they're coming along with it. So Yeah. Oh, I agree. Fred? I, too, would love to see a mentoring system come into SWOTOR, especially for our network grouping night, because then we could all level up at our own pace and mentor down to the lowest common denominator and all be the lowest level. <laughs> and Rob? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I agree right along with uh, both these gentlemen here. Um, you know, to see both of those... Um, inserted into the game would be great to see um to see them 
um, have that uh, apprenticeship uh, system enabled is great. And uh, it's always great to see um, big companies like BioWare um, and people that are developing games like SOTOR um, sit down with their player base and talk with them and see exactly what they want. That that's always gives um, you know positive feedback uh, to the company. So you know, keep it up, guys. You, you're doing a great job. Um, you know, doing this can't do wrong. Oh, absolutely. And I, I just like to say I like lightsabers. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, Rob. <laughs> and uh, I like shocking vet. And I'm about to go and jump in game and do uh, do both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been a great episode. I really appreciate all of your hard work in making it happen. And I'd like to tell the listeners out there to take care, be safe, and may the Force be with you. Take care, everyone. See you all next week. Bye-bye, everyone.